2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, where we're going to be at this morning. Now, I tend to watch, uh, I don't to watch as much as I used to, but I do like to watch some football. And, and I, I, I watch football, and I watch some sports. I like, I've got to where I watch a lot of cage fighting, the UFC. I like to watch guys beat each other up in a cage. Maybe it helps me get my anger out, since I'm not allowed to do that. I can watch somebody else do that. But I like to watch sports. And if you watch any kind of sporting event, what they like to do is, they like to give it. The, they like to give the keys to victory, and they uh, they'll they'll say this is the keys to this guy, this team, or this man, or this player having victory. And they'll give you four keys. You know, they need to do this, and they need to do that, and they need to uh, be doing this, and that'll be. And they'll usually have a TV announcer, and he'll give the the keys of victory. And that's what I want to give you this morning. In our Christian life, I want to show you four keys that you can have to get the victory. Because as Christians, we want to get the victory. Amen? We want the victory in Jesus Christ. And if you want to get the victory, I'm going to help you out the best way I can and show you four keys. Now, this isn't all the keys of victory, but this is four main keys to, get, to have a victorious life in Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you four keys to victory this morning. Starting there, and let me show you the first one. Starting there in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture... Is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You want to have a key to victory? You want to have the victory, victorious life in Jesus Christ? Well, the first thing I can give you, the first key to victory is you got to follow the playbook. <laughs> you got to follow the playbook. You've got to follow the playbook. You've got to follow the game plan. You've got to listen to the coach. This is the playbook. This is the game plan. This is your coach is the Holy Bible. This is the scriptures. This is what Paul's telling you. All scriptures given for you by inspiration of God. God breathed. He inspired this book. He inspired that spirit, that breath, the breath of God breathed on these words. It's alive. We know this. I just preached on this not too long ago by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine. That's a religious teaching. For reproof, it straightens you out. It convinces you of the truth. For correction, it corrects you. It spanks you. For instruction in righteousness, it shows you how to live a righteous life. This is your playbook. So the first key to victory is following the playbook. Now, I know a lot of y'all sit in here, y'all come in here on Sunday, and poor Sister Carolyn, she's been listening to me for 12 years, and it's like every Sunday I get a chance to bring up the Word of God, you know. Amen. Well, because it's that important. <laughs> I try not to, I try to give you, but it's just that important, the Word of God. The first thing you have to do is follow the playbook. Follow what the playbook says. Get to know your Bible. And if you're in here this morning, I trust that that's what you're doing, amen, that you, you come up here to find out more about the Word of God, find out more about what Jesus Christ says to you out of the Word of God. So you've got to follow the playbook. The key, that's the key to everything in Christianity is this Bible. You've got to follow the game plan. And if you were thinking I was going to say follow the coach, it was saying, uh, follow the preacher, you'd be wrong. I'm not saying that the coach is the preacher. I'm saying that the coach is the Bible. And if you've got a preacher that's not giving you the Bible, then he's no preacher at all. He's no preacher at all. He's got to be giving you the Word of God. And when I say the Word of God, I'm talking about this King James Bible right here. That's what I'm calling the Word of God. That's what I know is where the words of God are. You know, Brother Coggin, he comes in from uh, 
Brother Coggin, he comes in from the Granberry area when he gets a chance. You know, he lives about an hour and 45 minutes away. But he was telling me a story that whenever he was a young man and he was playing football for the football team, that uh, the coach sent him out there to play running back. And he said, I, I, the coach was telling me what to do, and he said, I, I went the wrong way. And he said, I ran. The coach was yelling at me, and he said, I ran back over on the sidelines. And he said, the, the coach was yelling at me. And, and he said, uh, coach, he goes, uh, coach, he goes, I, I thought... And he said, right when I said, I thought, the, the coach says, every time, Coggin, every time you think, we lose 15 yards. <laughs> well, coach, I thought every time you think, we lose 15 yards. And he was Brother Coggin was telling me, you know what he was teaching me is to follow directions. He was teaching me to follow directions. And he was going on and on about how good a man that coach was. That coach that would come and he would sit. I grew up in a poor family, and that coach would come by and pick me up for football practice because I had no way to get to football practice. We didn't have a car. I had no transportation. He said, that coach took care of me. That coach was a great man. And that coach is what the Bible is. That Bible will teach you. It will show you the way, right way to go. And here's the problem is sometimes we get to thinking what we wanted to say. Well, well, I thought, I thought, I thought God would want me to do this, and I thought, God, well, instead of thinking, why don't you get into the Bible and find out the truth of what it is? So the first key to victory is always follow the playbook. The second one's found in Philippians chapter 1. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. I'll show you another one. We want to talk, we want to get the, we want to get the victory in Jesus Christ. Now, Christian, when you, when you are, were born again and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... This was all new to you, and you were so on fire, and you, you, you were so clean, and you just felt so good. But then as you walk through this world, you start losing battles with the flesh. And the devil gets a hold of you, and sin gets a hold of you. And you start losing battles, and you start getting kind of down and out. And you start losing the, the, the will to fight. But guys, you've got to keep on fighting. You've got to keep on fighting. You must keep on fighting. You've got to fight. It's, uh, this is not this, uh, this game plan, this, this battle you're in. This is, a, this is a fight. Paul described the Christian experience and the Christian walk. Paul used, the, the, he used uh, illustrations of boxing. And he used illustrations of running. See, this is a fight. This is something you do. This is a, something you discipline yourself in. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Let's look at the second discipline, and, or excuse me, the second key to victory. The second key to victory. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Being confident, this is Paul's writing, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That, underline that verse. Paul says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, that's salvation, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The second key of victory is to have confidence. You've got to have confidence. It's not enough. You've got, you got the game plan, amen. You, I've shown you what the game plan is. I've shown you what the, what, where the coach is at. Now you've got to put your confidence in the game plan. A coach can go, into, can go back into the locker room and the coach says, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to come over here and this is the game plan. But if the players don't believe in the game plan, if the players don't have confidence that that game plan is going to work, they're going to go out there and they're going to be worthless on the field. They're not going to be able to do it right. They're not going to be, able to get, they're not going to be giving it their all. Guys, you should have the confidence that this is the right game plan. 
This is the, this is the truth. You've got the, in, in Jesus Christ, that's the game plan. You've got to have the confidence to say, I don't know what the answer is, but I know who the answer is. I might not know what the answer is, but I know who the answer is, and the who is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the answer, because we don't have the answers in life. We don't know what to tell people sometimes when they're hurting, and they're going through all kinds of troubles, but I can tell you something. I can tell you who to go to, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the confidence we have. You've got to have confidence, and Paul says, being confident of this very thing. And what was Paul confident of? That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He says, you know what, that salvation I've got, Paul say, Paul's saying basically that salvation I got, that eternal life that Jesus Christ gave me, he's going to be able to perform it until I get up there. I have confidence in that. I'm confident that he can do that. I'm confident in Jesus Christ. Are you confident in Jesus Christ this morning? I am. I am. I'm confident that he can do what he says he can do. But you've got to have confidence because there any team that runs on a football field or any team that runs on a basketball court that doesn't have any kind of confidence, that's a no-good team. You know, some of, the, some of the games are won way before they step out on a football field. The game sometimes won way before they get on the basketball court because that other team is so confident in their abilities. They're so confident in what's, what their game plan is. They're so confident in their coach that when they get out on the football field or the basketball field, they're so confident that the other team sees that confidence and it scares them. And it backs them up. When those Jehovah's Witness came over my house and they were knocking on my door and I opened up that door, I had confidence that I had the truth. They didn't scare me and I think that my confidence scared them off. They just kind of, they didn't want to have no, and like I said, when I had that, that gospel track and I was trying to hand it to that lady, she's like, no, no, no. And it's like I was trying to stab her with the knife, you know. Like, I'll, I'll take your stuff, but you have to take mine. No confidence. No confidence. No confidence that you can read what I have and be able to handle it. But I have confidence to take your literature all day long and I can read it and it's not going to change me because I got the truth. But you don't have the confidence to read one little piece of paper I'm going to give you. Lack of confidence. I have confidence that I know what I believe. I have confidence that Jesus Christ is able to perform what he says he's going to perform. When this captain was in, the, this captain of this Navy ship, he was out there and he's supposed to bring his ship into this harbor. And he didn't do it. And then his commanding officer asked him, why didn't you bring your ship into that harbor? And the, and the, and the captain was giving him these excuses and why he didn't do it. And he, and he was trying to give him all these uh, excuses. And, and, the, and the captain, uh, I mean, the commanding officer told the captain, you forgot one, that you forgot, to, you forgot one, one reason why you might not have done it. And the captain said, what's that, uh, sir? And he said, you didn't believe you could do it. You didn't believe you could take that ship into that harbor. In other words, that, the commanding officer is saying, you should have believed that you could do it and you would have done it. Amen. And that's what Jesus Christ has told us over and over in the scripture. You need to believe. If you can believe, all things are possible. You just need to believe. You need to have your confidence in Jesus Christ. That he can do that. Amen. You need to have your confidence in Jesus Christ. That's our confidence is in Jesus Christ. Now listen, guys. This is your game plan. This is, your, this is your battle plan, right? This is what we go out onto the field to fight with. This is it. Don't, what, listen to what John R. Rice says. Don't ever put a question mark where God put a period. Amen. John R. Rice said that. 
other words, when the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, there's a period at the end of there. It's not a question mark. Amen. Don't doubt. Have confidence that God said it, and I believe it. God put a period there. Being confident is the very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in, in you will perform it unto the day of Christ. He will do that. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. So you need to have confidence. You need to follow the playbook. Let's look, at a, let's look at one of the biggest ones. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is the big one, guys. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. This is the main one. This is the one where a lot of... You know, I, I think a lot of Christians, they, they know that they need to follow the Bible. A lot of Christians understand that. They understand that, their game, that, that you know, the Bible is their game plan. And I think a lot of Christians have confidence in Jesus Christ. They believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is and that he rose on the third day. They believe that. But here's the one thing that some Christians, they lack. They don't understand about the Christian walk. And they, this is why they can't get the victory. This is why they can't get the victory. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. And Paul's went through this whole thing about the resurrection and about, he's, he's talking about the rapture and us being resurrected in a glorified body. But then he's talking about, in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But look at verse 57. But thanks be to God, why don't we thank God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I want you to notice that we do have the victory, but it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory is not us doing it. <laughs> the victory is not Brother Keegan being a better person. The victory is Jesus Christ working through us. You've got to allow Jesus Christ to work through your life. You've got to ask Him to do it. You've got to let Him work through you. You don't put Jesus Christ as the co-pilot. Jesus Christ is the pilot. You don't put... See, the, a lot of times they, they use Jesus Christ as a spare tire. They go through life and they're, they're running their life and they're, doing, they're running their life like they want to run it and they're, they're running the road of life with their car and they're running, 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 running and, 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 and whenever they have a blowout, boom, psh, and they go on the side road, then they go out to the car and they pop the trunk and they go looking for Jesus Christ and they put Jesus Christ on the car and they say, okay, now I can get things going again and they start running again. And then when they get the flat fixed, they take Jesus Christ as a spare tire and they put him back in the trunk and they don't worry about him again. That's why you're not getting the victory. That's why you keep having blowout after blowout after blowout. Because you're trying to run the show. You need to let Jesus Christ run the show. Listen, every word of this God is important. Every word of this book is important, and it's the word of God, and it says, which gives us the victory through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ working through you that you get the victory. Christian, grab a hold of this. Grab a hold of it. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 15, without me. Jesus Christ said this. Not Brother Keegan. John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus Christ said, without me, ye can do nothing. <laughs> and I'm getting the emphasis on nothing underlined in your Bible. Without me, Jesus Christ said, ye can do nothing. 
I'm, I'm the vine and you're the branches. In other words, he, you're just a little branch. He works through you and the fruit is produced through you because of the Holy Spirit working in you. It's not because of you. You're doing nothing. You're just allowing him to use you. You're allowing him to work through you. And the victory doesn't come because you're not allowing him to work. Every football team, every good basketball team, every sport has a star on the team. And if that star on the team is not performing, then that team doesn't perform. You see it in all walks of sports. There's always a star, and he's the superstar of the team. And if that superstar is not performing, then the whole team falls apart. Guys, our superstar is Jesus Christ. He is the star of the team. He is the one that's running the show. He's the quarterback of the team. You let him lead. And you get behind. He, when you come into the huddle of, with Jesus Christ, he's the captain. He's the quarterback. He's the one that says, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and I want you to go over here, and I want you to run the ball over here, and let's go, huddle, let's break the huddle. You let him run the show. You don't get in the huddle and start saying, now, 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 I think we need to run this play. You know what the quarterback will say to you when he's running that huddle? He'll say, shut your mouth, we're going to run this. Now, y'all guys, go here and you go there. That's what a good quarterback does. Over and over again. A good quarterback leads. And Jesus Christ is our quarterback. He's the one that leads us. You know, speaking of a spare tire, you know, I get on to, I get on to everybody about drinking all the time, and I have a good reason to. It leads to nothing but uh, pain and heartache. There were a couple of members over at Victory Baptist Church, and uh, they, were, they were ex-drinkers, and they were alcoholics, and they got saved, and they stopped drinking, and they were telling the story that they were driving down the road and they had been drinking. One guy that was driving, his name was Junior. And they're driving down the road. And uh, I can't think of the other guy's name, but he was on the passenger side. And they're driving down the road. And now all of a sudden they hear, they hear the tire blow. Boom! And he, and he's trying to keep the car on the road, you know. And then they pulls over the side of the road. And he, he leans over the Junior who's driving and said, Man, you did a good job of keeping that car on the road when that tire blew and they get out of the car and it was the spare tire in the trunk that blew <laughs> that's, how, that's how drunk he was you know but he did a good job of keeping it on the road man our superstar is Jesus Christ you know when I was growing up uh my, we all worship, we worship and we look up to. As a young man, when I was growing up, I, on Thanksgiving Day, we'd always go out and play football after, after we ate lunch. And we'd watch the Dallas Cowboys. And my, my hero was Roger Staubach. And I'd go outside and I'd want to be Roger Staubach. You know, Roger the Dodger. And I'd go out there. And I always looked up to Roger Staubach. And I knew that he was a Christian. And I knew he was a pretty good Christian. But I watched the story on Roger Staubach, and I got to reading, uh, they got to talking about Roger Staubach, and they got to telling all the stuff he did for people and meant that these, these, football, these defensive linemen that were down and on their luck and were, were, were alcoholics and drunks and, and on drugs, and he would take them and give them a job and help them out. And those grown, big old six-foot-four, uh, big old uh, lineman, you know, the guy, oh, oh, Harvey, just the tears rolling down his cheeks, cheeks as he talked about Roger Staubach and all that he had done for him. And how he'd be, and it, it, you know what, it made me cry too. It brought tears to my eyes because I thought, you know, 
Roger Staubach was everything I thought he was when I was growing up. He really is a hero to me. That's Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ brings tear to my, tears to my eyes because he really is everything I've ever thought about him. He's, he's never let me down. He's the star of the football team. He is the quarterback. And you need to do it through him. Go back to Philippians chapter 1. Go back to Philippians. I should have told you to keep your finger there. I'm sorry, guys. I meant to tell you to keep your finger in Philippians 1. But go back to Philippians 1. Everything runs through Jesus Christ. Everything is by Jesus Christ. When you're having trouble in your walk, in your walk as a Christian. When you're having trouble... Defeating a sin or doing something that you know you're supposed to do or not doing something you know you're not supposed to do, you need to turn it over to Jesus Christ. You need to say, Lord, I can't handle this. Lord, I need you to do it through me. Amen. Do it for me, Lord. I can't handle this pain, Lord. Will you handle it for me? Lord, I can't handle this sin, Lord. Will you, will you give me the power to overcome this sin, Lord? Will you, through, through you, Lord, give me the power, Lord? See, you're asking Jesus Christ to do it for you. Amen. And that's how you get the victory. Look at verse 11. Philippians chapter 1, verse 11. Being filled, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. That's, a, that's what Christians produce. They produce fruits of righteousness. Amen? How are we doing that? Which, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Amen. These fruits of righteousness are not done by you. Those fruits of righteousness are not done by me. Those fruits of righteousness are done by Jesus Christ. And He gets the glory and the praise of God. You see that? You're going to get a hold of that when you're doing something for the Lord and you're doing something good and somebody says, well, I appreciate that. You, what you need to do is you need to think, hey, Jesus Christ did that. And you, got, you need to thank Jesus Christ for that. You know, some of y'all stop me and say, Brother King and I appreciate that message you brought. And I'll say, well, give Jesus Christ the glory. You know, that's the Lord working through me. That's the Lord working through me. And if you, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you, that's the Lord working through him. Because if you know him, that's not him. <laughs> Amen. And if I have a chance, I'll be the most rotten, sorry, no good sinner you ever met. But if I can get myself out of the way and let Jesus Christ work through me, man, I can do some glorious things. But it's not me doing it. Amen. It's Jesus Christ doing it. And you've got to realize that. It, without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus Christ, you can do nothing. You've got to let him do it. Are you having trouble and you're not doing what you're supposed to do? Well, let Jesus Christ do it for you. It's the principle of allowing Jesus Christ to work through you. Look at Philippians 4. Philippians 4.13, the famous verse. Philippians 4.13, the famous verse. Yes, Philippians 4.13. This is it, guys. This is, this is why the Bible says these things. And if you'll notice this, the Bible's never talking about how good you are. It's always talking about how good Jesus Christ is through you. You realize, and I'm going to speak for Joker too, if we didn't have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, me and Joker would probably be in jail somewhere, or dead. Or, I mean, I, I, mean I, I give Jesus Christ all the glory for my life. Because if it wasn't for Jesus Christ working through me, I'm, I'm a sorry, no good individual. But look at verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. How, are the, how, how can I do all things? Through Christ... 
Not through my own power, not through my own thinking, not through my own thought process, not through I'm pulling myself up by my bootstraps, I'm going to do this on my own. It's through Christ, and it's through Christ that He gives me the strength. Hey, you need to start thanking God for the strength He gives you. Amen. Boy, we're going to owe some apologies to the Lord when we get up there and He says, you know, I did all this for you and you didn't thank me one time. We need to start thanking God. God, thank you for giving me the strength to get out of bed this morning. Lord, thank you for giving me the power to be able to give a $20 bill to somebody who needs some help. We need to start thanking the Lord for this stuff. We're trying to get the glory for ourselves. We're trying to get the glory for ourselves. And it all goes back to Jesus Christ. He gets all the glory. You need to start turning it and giving the glory back to Jesus Christ. You don't want to take the glory away from Jesus Christ. You're not going to be able to get the victory without your star player doing the star job. That's Jesus Christ, and He's doing it for us. Get out of the way and let Him lead. And stop trying to drive down the road. Stop trying to do it yourself, and it's a team effort. Amen. It's a team effort. You need to get into church, get around other Christians, and start help, letting them help you. See, we are the hands of Jesus Christ. We're the mouth of Jesus Christ. We're the feet of Jesus Christ. And when we get in here and there's a Christian, a dear, beloved brother or sister in Christ that's hurting, we can be the, we can be the one that hugs them. We can be the one that gives them the words that they need to hear, but we're not the one doing it. We know that it's Jesus Christ through us that's doing it. And when you realize that, it allows Jesus Christ to use you more and more. You know why Jesus Christ will keep using you more and more? Because He's getting the glory. He's getting the glory. You ever wonder why stuff that's not working right sometimes is because maybe you're trying to get the glory from God. And He says, you know, I want to do something for you, but you're not going to get the glory. You're not going to get the credit. It's all going to go back to me. And He deserves it. Amen. Amen. Let me give you the last key to victory in 1 John chapter 5. The last... Go to the back of your Bible, 1 John chapter 5. Let me give you the last key to victory. So we know that the, we need to follow the playbook. That's the first key to victory. Follow the playbook. Follow your coach. Number two, the second key to victory was having confidence. Just have confidence that he can do what he says he's going to do. The third key to victory was victory is through Jesus Christ. Allow your star player to play and get out of the way. The fourth key to victory... It's found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. Are you born of God? Are you born again? That's what I gave those Jehovah's Witnesses yesterday. I told them, you must be born again. Jesus Christ said you must be born again. If you're not born again, you're not a child of God. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. You want to get victory? you got to have faith. Faith is the victory. Even our faith. Faith in what? Right. You can have faith in the wrong thing, right? You can put faith in the wrong thing. Lots of people do that. They put faith in science. They put faith in the doctors. They put faith in 
scientific evolution. I, I've heard all kinds of things people put faith in. They put faith in false gods, false religions, false systems, false world systems. Uh, they put faith in the philosophy. They put faith in uh, 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 feel-good schemes and how to just say yes. and oh, you know, they, they put faith in all this stuff, but it's in verse 5. What is our faith? Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. Hey, that's the key to our victory is faith. Faith is a victory. Faith is where you're going to get the victory when things go wrong, when things don't look like it's going to work out, when it looks like you're going to lose the game, when it looks like there's no possible way you can win. Woo! You better get some faith. And you better say, you know what? I've got faith, and faith is the victory. Amen. I talked about that confidence, amen? I talked about having confidence. This is, what, this is what Paul said about confidence. Therefore, this is found in 2 Corinthians 5, 6. Therefore, we are always confident. What are we always confident about, Paul? Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. He said, I'm confident to tell you that when I'm here, I'm away from Jesus Christ. Because we walk by faith, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And then he says in verse 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, this is what he says. We are confident. I want you to have confidence in this thing too. We are confident, I say, and willing what? Rather to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. Amen. Why is faith the victory for a Christian? Because faith is a victory for a Christian because even if a Christian takes his or her last breath... They're absent from the body and present with the Lord. <laughs> you always get the victory in Jesus Christ. You've already got the victory. And whenever you take that last breath, it don't matter if you're 20 years old or 100 years old. When you breathe in that last breath, you're going to be absent from this old wicked, sorry, no good body. And praise the Lord, you'll be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you confident in that? We are confident, Paul said, we are confident. We are confident, I say, and willing whether to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Faith is the victory, and it overcomes the world. You say, well, Brother Keegan, I don't have a lot of faith. I know that feeling. Turn to Mark chapter 9. I'm going to turn you to one more scripture. You've got to have this one in closing. You've got to have it. Mark chapter 9. You've got to have it. Mark chapter 9. Please turn. If, you, if you're following with me, please turn. You've got to have this one. Mark chapter 9. This is, this is like one of my... Uh, you know, people always say, I've got, I've got these verses. They're, they're, my, uh, they're my life verses. <laughs> I hear people, uh, good Christians coming. This is my life verse. Well, this, is, has, this has to be one of my life verses. Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, verse 24, because you might be saying, uh, Brother Keegan, I don't have a lot of faith. Well, you know what? Sometimes I don't either. Look at verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. Amen. If you believe in Jesus Christ, man, he can do anything. You might be down, you might be down 100 to nothing, and he's going he's to come back and beat them. Because that's Jesus Christ. Amen. And one thing I'll tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ and tell you about God the Father, they love to tell a good story. Amen. They don't, it is never simple with God. 
It can't be just Samson goes out there and Samson kills a thousand Philistines. No, Samson's got to do it with the jawbone of an ass. It can't be that God just shows up with an angel and tells, it tells Balaam not to be doing it. Balaam's got to be on a donkey and he's got to open the donkey's mouth to tell him. It's got to be something good, you know. David couldn't just go out there and David couldn't just go out there and kill Goliath. He's got to get the stone, he's got to sling it and kill him and then cut his. It's always a good story with God. And that's what I love about the Lord. He loves to tell a good story. He loves to tell a good story in your life. But the problem is we got to live that story, amen? That means the suffering, that means the pain, that means the doubt, that means sometimes we're worried if it's going to work out, but God's got it worked out. And if you believe, all things are possible. All things are possible to him that believeth. But look at verse 24. You say, well, I don't have a lot of faith. Look at verse 24. This is my life verse right here. And straightway the father of the child cried out to Jesus Christ and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I believe, but I just don't believe enough. That's tears. He knows that Jesus Christ can do something. He said, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. See, that's us. Man, we got faith to come in here on a Sunday morning. We got faith to believe what the preacher says. We got faith to believe what this book is saying. We got faith, but there comes times in the darkest times of our life that that faith kind of wavers, don't it? You know, we, we, we're looking around in the world and the devil's there and it's like, it's not true, it's not true, it's not true. And it's just over and over, all in the radio and the TV and they're just, it's not true. And you might have friends, it's not true, it's not true. And your faith kind of wavers a little bit. And you have to cry out, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Do you see where I'm taking this back to? I'm taking this back to Jesus Christ. And you're going to get the victory by going back through Jesus Christ. You say, well, I, I can't believe. I know you can't. But with the help of Jesus Christ, you can. I, I, that's the victory, right? The victory is through Jesus Christ. The fruits of righteousness are by and through Jesus Christ. And if you're going to, ha if you're going to have a lack of faith and the faith is a victory, then you're going to have to cry, Lord, Lord, I believe. But boy, help thou mine unbelief. I, I could use a little bit more faith, Lord. You know, when I was in my darkest times in my life, I mean, I was in a dark, dark place. Very, very depressed a lot of y'all know my story, what was going on, and I remember I, I, I fasted for three days. I didn't eat. I just barely drank just a little bit of water. I mean, a little bit of water for three days. I was so weak. And I took off to Santa Ana, and I went up on that mountain. I climbed up about three-quarters of the way on that mountain, and I got to praying to God and crying to God and talking to God, and I told God, I'm not coming down until I get right. I, I was done. I, I'm not coming down, Lord. I'm not... And I prayed and I cried and I stayed up there for a couple of hours and I finally got peace about everything. And I got up and I got up through praying and I started getting peace about everything and a peace that passed the understanding started coming on me. And I remember praying and asking the Lord when I got up and I started dusting myself off. I said, Lord, how, how am I going to know? And I prayed out there. I asked God out there on that mountain. I said, Father, how, how am I going to know? 
that everything's going to be all right? How am I going to know that I'm going to win this battle? How am I going to know that everything's going to be all right? And a small voice came into my heart that said, faith is a victory. Faith is a victory. When I came down off that mountain and I was a changed man, I came down off that mountain and I said, Singing in my heart, I was singing, faith is a victory, faith is a victory, oh glorious victory that overcomes the world. Amen. Praise the Lord for the songs that we sing in our hymn books. Praise the Lord for faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Father, that we do have the victory. And Lord, as we live in this life, Father God, that we sometimes get down and out and we don't think we're going to win this battle we don't think we're going to win this game and we get to doubt in ourselves and doubt in the word of God and we get to doubt in things and Lord I pray Father you give us the faith we believe Father but sometimes we just don't believe enough help our unbelief Lord and Father I ask you to build a hedge of protection around every heart in here that the devil can't come in and put those words of doubt in there oh he's so good at it Father we know that's what he was doing in the beginning asking us to doubt your word Lord but we're not going to doubt it we're going to stand firm on it, Father. Because we've seen it over and over again, Lord. We've seen you work through Christians. And that you get the glory through that, Father. And Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit, the Comforter, has come into us. And comforts our soul and comforts our heart and gives us faith and gives us peace, Lord. Thank you for all these great promises you've given us, Lord. And we're very confident, Lord, that there's going to come a day that we're going to take our last breath and we're going to be absent from this old body. But boy, we're going to be present with you and we can't wait. We can't wait to see your glorious face, Lord. Lord, I can't wait to get down on my knees and kiss your feet and thank you for being so good to a wicked sinner like me. I don't know why you are, Lord. I don't know why you're so good, but you are, and I thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. And Father, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that's battling something, Lord, maybe they're battling faith, Lord. They don't think they're going to get the victory, Lord. I just pray you'll speak to the heart right now, Lord, and give them the truth. Show them how much you love them. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting your care upon him.